Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Family Business Today podcast where every family business has a story to tell and a step to take to not only thrive, but working together create a lasting family legacy. I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Anthony Chen. Anthony started his career in financial services with MetLife in Buffalo, New York in 2008. Born and raised in Elmhurst, Queens, New York, today he makes his home in Atlanta, Georgia. Specializing in family businesses and their owners, Anthony works to protect what is most important to them. From preserving to creating wealth, Anthony partners with CPAs and attorneys to help address all of the concerns and help clients achieve their goals. By using a combination of financial products ranging from life, disability, and long-term care insurance to many investment options through Royal Alliance, Anthony looks to be the eyes and ears for his client's financial foundation. In his spare time, Anthony is an avid long-distance runner. Well, hello, Anthony. Hi, Greg. Thank you for having me on the program. Hey, we're glad you could join us for this edition of Family Business Today. I've really been looking forward to learning more about you and about your work with family business owners, since family business is what we're about at Family Business Today. So let's get started. Um, Anthony, how did you get involved in advising family businesses? Uh, Good question. So kind of a long story short of of that is, growing up, uh, I knew that we were not financially well off. I just didn't know how, how bad it was. So kind of the long story short of, of that is I learned uh, much later on uh, after graduating uh, back in 2008, uh, going to the financial field, because you know 2008, best time to go into finance, uh, is that my uh, upon my birth, my parents, or particularly my dad, tried to set up his own uh, business, a uh, restaurant business uh, out in Queens. Mm-hmm. And at the time, this is in the 80s, so he came in with, with a financial capital and he had a business partner. Uh, now, unfortunately, it was kind of a time where everyone still did business by a shake of a hand. He didn't consult with an attorney or uh, a CPA or any uh, professional in the business. And I imagine the listeners kind of know where this story is going. And uh, short end of that is the partner disappeared with all the financial capital. So for me, I, after learning about this much later on, I thought, wow, what would that story have been like um, had a professional of any kind had mm-hmm. been there? And so for me, I kind of took it on as a, a personal mission to help other family business or business in, in general to kind of avoid uh, that same fate. Oh, wow. Well, well thanks for sharing that uh, with us. Uh, we'll dive a little bit deeper into into that in just a few minutes. But one of the things that we say is, is that uh, family is family and business is business and then never the two shall meet. Of course, unless you work together in a family business. Uh, Are there different needs for family businesses versus non-family businesses when you're working with them? Oh, absolutely. Especially uh, as you mentioned, it's it's that dynamic being brought in when family is involved, uh, the, the, the perspective is that kind of the objectivity, quote unquote, is kind of goes by the wayside. Uh, you could be, you know, meeting them uh, at, at family dinners or as we're talking, at, recording this, uh, the holidays are coming around the corner. So it's not like when you're working in a family business, uh, whether it's a sibling uh, or your child or grandchild uh, being very much involved, you can't 
just quote unquote fire them and then be okay with it. In a non-family business or a corporate setting, it, it's much more sterile. So in working in a family perspective, uh, those are definitely things that uh, one needs to account for when working with a family business. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to turn turn off uh, being a parent or being a child uh, from the business perspective to at the Thanksgiving table or at Christmas or, or whatever, and uh, carrying that luggage with you for that. Well, well. So talking about uh, a little bit further, you talked about this perspective. Uh, uh, Tell us what the importance is in bringing in an outside perspective into a family business. Well, sometimes let's use a quick example where this, the parents, the, the founders have two kids. One is very much involved. They're very passionate. They're, 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 they're interested from a young age and they've been involved in growing the business. While one is, has absolutely zero interest, wants nothing to do with it, and they want to go their own way. Now for the parents, coming in uh, talking about the family perspective is that, well, how, how do I treat both equally? Um, I, I don't want to just inherit one, but at the same time, uh, I know this one child, he, they, they really you know, poured blood, sweat, and tears with me to grow the business. So an outsider perspective could coming in can help kind of direct them and, and give them wisdom and from their experiences as to how other business owners and how other family businesses kind of navigate that, that kind of minefield. Mm -hmm. And so that the parents themselves don't feel guilty that they're absolutely making the wrong choice mm -hmm. and that they're not alone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that, the whole idea of treating our children fairly or equally uh, when it comes to the business, both uh, while it's um, in business, but also during the transition process. And we'll talk about that more in just a few minutes, but. Um, uh, I know that uh, you agree uh, with things that I that I I believe is that it's important to bring in multiple professionals uh, to work with family business owners in the transition process. Why is it important to involve several advisors with uh, you know different ex expertise, uh, whether it be wealth management, it be uh, uh, accounting, tax law, uh, legal, and uh, family business advisors like myself who, who work with the transition process with these different expertises into the transition planning process? Well, think uh, uh, of creating a, a team. Uh, well, when we're looking in terms of, I, I like the, using the analogy of a medical team. So you've kind of got your general practitioner, but if, let's say, for example, if I have something serious uh, with my heart, I would consult with a cardiologist. If I have something to do with uh, my immune system, rheumatologist, no different than when working with a family business. You need to have a full team, a full gamut from the tax to the legal, to the wealth, to the professional like yourself to be able to see the full big picture to best serve the client. We're all specialist in our siloed fields, mm -hmm. but I know very, just on a peripheral, on a tax and legal side, but I absolutely need to be able to bring in and work in as a team with other professionals to right. best serve mm -hmm. the client, because I think I'm smart, but I, I'm not that smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, always scary when someone says, well, I do all those things. So uh, mm -hmm. uh, the, the real question, there's always a pause after that is, but do you do it well? So th thanks for sharing that. So, hey, you know, 
we're not through this COVID thing yet. Uh, and people have been working from home and there's really been this paradigm shift about uh, 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 business and everything else. Uh, but, you know, uh, we've heard a lot about this uh, great resignation from the workforce and the media here recently. As, uh, but we all know as a business owner, whether it's a family business or not, you can't just resign and just walk away from your business because you own it, uh, you, the, the debt's yours, uh, you got to meet payroll and all these kind of things. We talk about this transition planning being a process rather than an event. When should the family and the family business owner really begin the discussion about transition planning? Uh, yesterday, <laughs> but, but no, on seriousness, uh, as soon as possible. When, when talking about succession or transition planning, as you say, it's, not, it, it's, it's a process, not just a single time event. So when talking about legacy or succession planning, the, the, the typical viewpoint is that there's a set date or year or age that I would quote unquote retire or sell the business or pass the torch on to the next generation. But there's another side of that coin that's often missed is in an event that something happens to me, the founder, the owner of the business prior to my retirement age, what happens then? So whether it be an illness or, 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 or passing away, how will the business transition then? And I think mm -hmm. that is another aspect that's uh, seldom asked or spoken about, and that's just as important, which brings uh, my answer to your question is you know, as soon as possible. Right, right. Um, there's there's the planned transition and the unplanned uh, transition, and by having a plan and process and having those outside advisors, uh, if there's a, a sudden death, if it's uh, the husband or the father who passes away, who's in that ownership or in that leadership role, uh, there are advisors who can support the wife or the uh, uh, uh the children uh, through this process to, to, to make it as, as successful as possible, considering that they're not only dealing with business issues, but they're also deal, dealing with a lot of personal, emotional issues that might might happen with the death. So yeah, uh, that's, that's great. Yeah, uh, yesterday, we like to say yesterday is three to five years, uh, but uh, uh, we have worked with some a lot shorter than that. So uh, so you're meeting with a family uh, business uh, owner. What are some of the most common questions family business owners ask you? Oh, uh, wow, several. Uh, one is, oh, especially when there's multiple children involved, uh, kind of going back to the first uh, scenario I brought up is what is fair? That's typically the big one coming up, coming up. And the next is, you know, how, how, how do I make sure that one, especially when there's many kids involved, there's just that one kid where they're kind of, to put it lightly, uh, not as mature or responsible with their finances. Mm -hmm. So their concern is, well, how, how do I make sure that they just don't go nuts with their inheritance? Uh, that's typically number two. Uh, in terms of concern for them. Mm -hmm. And then lastly is, how do I make sure that my kids all get along? Mm -hmm. 
and, and a lot, a lot of, and then everything else kind of comes into more of the emotional aspect rather than just the, uh, the financials and numbers aspect. Because that's what's most important at the end of the day uh, that I relate with family business more so of the value, what kind of values they want to pass on mm-hmm. rather than just the keys of the business. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in that whole fair, uh, treating people, uh, children fairly or equally is, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to give all the children equal ownership in your business whether they work in the business or not, but there are other assets, uh, whether it be uh, uh, real estate or uh, money or uh, a house on the beach or or whatever, that using financial uh, planners, uh, tax advisors, whatever, can help to, to, to uh, treat everyone as fairly as possible, but then also to maintain the integrity of your business and also the happiness of, of all the uh, 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 children and other uh, people who might uh, uh, be involved in continuing to run the business efficiently and successfully in the future. So um, we talked about some of the common questions. Um, Anthony, what are some of the common mistakes family business owners make when planning to transition their family business? Oh, a whole lot. One, I would say the most common one would be assumptions on both sides in terms of the time frame in the parents and a time frame in the kids' eyes as to when the transition will take place. And then follow almost immediately right after that is whether or not they even want to be an owner or involved. Uh, they could be working together. The kids could be very much into the business, but at the same time, the kids are kind of felt obligated that once the parents are retiring or wanted to sell the business, they want to go off uh, on their own and do something else completely. While at the same token, because they have not had that succession conversation yet, the parents mm-hmm. are kind of moving along thinking, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to be fine, you know, stepping right into the position. And come fast forward 10, 15, 20 years down the line, going with that assumption and the kids, well, no, I, I don't want it. So that, that's why it's also very important to start early to get that assumption out of the way and have clarity on both sides of what their expectations are mm-hmm. for the business. So, you know, uh, uh, parents, uh, e- even working in a family business, they're, they're uh, with their business, they're a lot like they are at, at home in their personal lives. They've probably uh, given their um, their children their first car. They've probably given them their uh, 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 a free education in college, and uh, they've pro- probably either helped them to either make a down payment on their first house or e- even paid for the first house. And they've probably uh, paid for their their wedding or they or their first wedding and their second wedding, you know, but you get the point though, there's, it's been this mentality of give, 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 give. Uh, and so there's this thought as well, in order to uh, uh, transition my, my business to our children that we need to give them the business when in fact the business may be their, uh, the, the parent's greatest asset that's gonna create revenue uh, for them for their retirement. 
what do you what do you talk to to uh, family business owners about this whole idea of of, of free versus some type of, of of fee or cost or buyout uh, uh, if, uh, to be paid over time into the future? Mm -hmm. Well, there's multiple perspectives uh, towards that. There's no absolute one right answer. Right. So it comes mm -hmm. down to you know what kind of value what's the most important value mm -hmm. for the parents uh obviously i'm going to be a little more biased as being the financial the numbers guy yeah. here yeah. is that well if, if the value is that you want to make sure that the children honor the value of the business itself not just because it's family but rather in a financial aspect and not be quote unquote feel like it was just gifted to them they need to earn it yeah that's mm -hmm. that one perspective followed by on the other side is that the employees involved in the business, they also are looking due to interaction. So, so when we're talking about family succession planning, it's not just between the child and, and the parent or grandparents, but also the employees can be very much involved in that. Okay, well, if there's no opportunity for growth for me here and they're just being gifted, quote-unquote gifted this, uh, just because they're blood related, uh, the, since you kind of brought up the, the great resignation, there, there's that kind of contention uh, lying underneath. Right. So looking at this in a purely pers business uh, perspective, uh, my bias is definitely going to su suggest uh, to the parents is that you make sure that they work for it mm -hmm. so that the employees within the company that's been growing with you, that has made the business what it is, they can see, okay, they weren't just gifted. They actually worked their way up to it and they'll be much more, how should I say, more respectful or take the new owners uh, more seriously rather than saying, oh, well, they only got it just because you know, they're their kids. So mm -hmm. that's one perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yes, uh, uh, treating, treating uh, children uh, fairly or treating them equally is always a topic that comes up uh, early on. Uh, uh, in a, a transition plan conversation, the desire is always really is that though they have the conversation uh, with outside advisors before they pull the trigger on something, because then sometimes you have to fix uh, some things that probably the parents regret uh, that they did before they they have some education to go with it. Well. You know, uh, you're a financial advisor, and I know that you are, are discussing building wealth and preserving it for retirement, uh, because uh, there's one thing that we can all guarantee is, is that at some point in time, we're not going to be able to work, and uh, and most definitely at some point in time that we're going to die, so uh, you know, this whole idea of beginning with the end in mind. But you talk about advising family business owners on wealth creation. What do you mean by wealth creation? Well, the traditional sense on the wealth creation is the dollars and cents uh, attached to their name, whether it's the value of the business or their um, real estate holdings or the value of their investments uh, in their portfolio. That's kind of the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. The other side in terms of wealth creation is, which I touch a little bit on, is the values that they want to pass on to the next generation. That's where true wealth is, and that's where the conversation should really more or less focus on. And then we can design 
a plan working of course with many other professionals with from accountants to estate planning attorneys to lay out a foundation to make sure that the assets in the way that they're passed on honor those values perhaps maybe the parents have a uh, philanthropic uh, goal in mind we can certainly create wealth uh, in that regard to make sure that their legacy continues going on forward in, in the way that they want in terms of the values being passed beyond the family. So when, when thinking wealth, uh, my biggest advice for family business, don't just think of the dollars and cents, but rather the values they want to pass on, not just in their family, but also potentially very much in the community because family business uh, that I work with, they're very involved in the community. Mm -hmm. So uh, we talk about the word legacy uh, so oft, often uh, with our, our clients. Uh, um, and I'm glad to hear that your, that your clients uh, uh, see the importance of leaving a legacy uh, beyond their business and their family long after they're gone. But, but what, uh, what in your own words, what, what does legacy uh, mean and is is it something strictly for uh, the uh, wealthy uh, uh, hundred million dollar family businesses or can can uh, the uh, mom and pop family business uh, 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 leave a, a legacy as well? Oh, absolutely! It's definitely not something that's reserved for the a uh, hundred million dollar businesses, but even mom and pop uh, shops. Uh, local community businesses are so have the same access to tools uh, regarding to leaving uh, legacy. I mean, leaving legacy, it's not, uh, as I mentioned before, not just the, the dollar sign and the numbers uh, behind it, but what the numbers can do, what resources uh, they leave behind to the community. I mean, what might seem uh, on surface, oh, that's a very small amount, can be meaning uh, having a great impact to, to the community itself. Mm -hmm. So it comes down to what kind of impact and how they want to be remembered uh, in the community would be my answer as to what legacy mm -hmm. means. Okay, all right. All right. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of our uh, time together here. What are some closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today? Uh, sorry, but, but one, uh, when working with family business, particularly with, with the parents and the owners, is we, we touch a lot about the concept of the values and the legacy and, and trying to be fair. Uh, my first priority uh, to the client is always about, well, well, let's start with yourself in mind, because you brought up the example, yeah. the mm -hmm. scenario with they're, they're paying for their kids' first car, their college, a mm -hmm. down payment, even fully for the house. And my perspective in, in working as a fiduciary, putting their interests first in mind is I like using the analogy of anytime we've taken a flight, they go through the safety protocols and say, put the mask on yourself first before you're putting it on your kids. Right. And I say the same thing. Well, here I am giving you the, uh, the, the, the flight instructions, but more so on the financial side, let's protect you first. Let's focus on you because you've been giving and giving and giving when was the last time someone gave you? Let's focus on you. Mm -hmm. So when, when doing a plan, I understand it's very hard <laughs> uh, to, to kind of take the emotion out in, in the family business, but that's where 
outside uh, professionals and advisors come in and you just point the fingers at us, you know, put, put, throw us under the bus and say, hey, my advisors told me this. I need to look out for myself. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, for my family business owner, those business owners out there, focus on, on yourself, live your life. Mm -hmm. Because while you're, you're thinking of you know, creating a succession plan, leaving a legacy and watching your kids or the business grow up in their own way, well, got to think about growing it in, in your own way as well, because you're going to be living for the next 30, 40 plus years, uh, living your, your best life, your mm -hmm. best chapter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I appreciate that. I really do. That. That's so important. I was just thinking as uh, you were talking there is, is one of the things, you know, we've lived through a crazy 18 months to uh, two years here with, with COVID. And one of the things transition planning is a process and not an event, but uh, uh, we have seen people who have sort of taken their eye off the target uh, of, of transition planning while it's continued to move forward, though they've taken their eye off of that and taken a look at it from the day-to-day -day operations, uh, more towards the day-to-day -day operations of their business and in some ways survival. What, what advice do you have to them uh, who have taken their eye off the, the ball as far as the transition planning and, and getting, uh, getting making sure that they don't lose the priority of the transition planning when, when stuff happens uh, like we've had the last two years? Well, I, I mean, we've all kind of rode this uh, roller coaster for the past two years, so, so uh, no one's perfect, uh, myself included. Sure. Uh, I've also been derailed for folks. Sure. Exposure. Yeah. So, so getting derailed, I mean, that's just part of uh, business, really. But what's most uh, important is having a plan to kind of find a way to get back on track. Right. And one quick advice is to kind of hold ourselves uh, accountable or even have outsiders hold ourselves uh, accountable by those two ways. Mm -hmm. uh, one is having a quarterly schedule where we all come in as a family or those involved in the business to come together and discuss things uh, as to where we are and where we want to be, followed by getting the outside professional that is very much involved in my business or even uh, joining part uh, of a mastermind group. To hold myself accountable, I mm -hmm. think the best example I like I like bringing other analogies coming in is uh, think of having a gym membership. Well, okay, I'm paying a gym membership, but if I don't go to the gym, it's not going to do much. But <laughs> if I am part of a workout group or I'm competing with friends, and I notice that uh, they're kind of holding my feet to the fire, and they say, "Hey, Anthony, I haven't seen you in a gym in a while." Well, guess what? <laughs> I'm getting my butt in the gym versus you know, not, not having uh, working with anyone. So oh, wow. lean on other professionals or mastermind groups uh, in the same fashion. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for that uh, wise advice there. Well, Anthony, thank you for being my guest on Family Business Today. Please accept our best wishes for continued success for you and for your clients. To learn more about Anthony's family business advising services at the Lighthouse Financial Network, visit his website at www.lfnllc.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. Our passion is to help families create a positive environment where the family thrives, 
the business performs, and working together create a lasting family legacy. Whether you're a business owner looking to grow your family business or you're wanting to prepare to someday sell or transition the business to the next generation, check out our free resources on our website at www.tncfb.com. If you want to talk to a family business advisor about your specific family business needs, schedule a 30-minute no-cost call by sending us an email to info at tncfb.com. If you want to talk, we will listen. So until next time, thanks for joining us.